And we're back today with part two of our conversation with Patrick Poehler from Aneka. Uh, so at Pierce, uh, you talked about uh, your presentation was about bringing on your first employee. I guess that was Andrew. Yes. So he's still with you. How's that going? Like, what are you guys? How How is your day to day? You still do client work, and he does the yep. the work on the real estate stuff, or how does how is that? structured yeah so we hired andrew i hired andrew um when he graduated back in april um you know and you know he's he's been with us god he's been with me for uh i think over three years at this point um so yeah i hired him because he was he was in civil engineering um and he was not really happy with that course of study he got an internship um you know as a civil, you know, and kind of saw what civil engineers did all day. And he was like, uh, and his like kind of supervisor there got him into, uh, mobile development. And he really took to that, like a fish to water, um, and, and figured out, Oh, developing stuff is really what I like to do. Um, so, so I met him, uh, we had coffee, uh, he was kind of a referral from my brother who was working at a uh, kind of tech incubator that Andrew had applied as an internship for. And uh, my brother, Matt, kind of knew I was looking for an intern and, you know, told me about him and said, hey, we can't hire him right now, but you should take a look at him. Um, and so over time, like he's just grown as uh, he's grown as this developer who like, I mean, I think we started off just doing like simple front-end development, just HTML, CSS, uh, you know, we're on expression engine sites. And now he's doing back-end development. He wrote, he basically wrote the version two of the Rats Rabbit API. Uh, he read the standard um, this year and he developed it, I think, within a month or two. Um, and it was, it, it's been amazing. Like he, he is pretty much um, kind of, I, I'm looking to hire more people at some point just because I see in him like he's someone who can lead a software development team eventually. Um, and and I, it would be really it, it would be really awesome to see him grow in that position. But yeah, he as far as our work relationship is is concerned, he's very, you know, I'll I'll send out tasks. Um, you know, I'll try to keep in mind that, you know, whenever you're on, you're stuck on one kind of grinding task for too long, you can kind of get burnout on it. So I'll make sure to vary it up with something like, you know, if, if there's client work and, you know, we've, we're kind of mostly ahead and, um, you know, the client's pretty happy, uh, you know, I'll make sure to vary it up with, you know, an internal project or something we've talked about that's like, you know, bigger for us or, you know, um, you know, something I think he'd be really interested in. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of different. I don't, I don't know what it will be like if I ever have to manage more than one employee, but managing one employee for, you know, over the course of two or three years has been really, uh, really excellent, really eye opening. Um, you know, I guess just revealing about who I am and, and what I like to do as well. You kind of took the approach that like 
Microsoft and Google takes, which is like take a person who's not barely graduated or not even graduated <laughs> and shape them because otherwise yeah. if they have experience, they're already ruined for life and you can't make them the way you want them to be in your workplace. <laughs> Whereas most startups are like, give me the most experienced ninja rock star or whatever that's out there and I'll hire them because I'd rather have the super experienced person with whatever the delta in salary might be as opposed to yeah. basically training somebody for years. Well, that's that's kind of at a necessity because, you know, being being self-funded, you know, I don't have the uh, cash flow to bring on like an experienced developer. Um, you know, so I, I think I took the approach early on of like, let's let's start a let's start someone as an internship if they're bright and they can kind of know uh, how to see things through. Um, let's try that. And being a developer myself, I knew I could I could mentor and guide a developer. Um, if if I was trying to hire a junior designer, I know nothing about design. Um, that would be that would have been a disaster. Like um, just because I there would be no way to like really guide this person. Um, so I think I think if you're looking to hire someone, you got to figure out the the role you want to hire them for. And like what your capabilities are and what you can do. Like if you're, you know, if you're a really great developer, but or a really great designer, um, but not a great developer, then you probably want to hire a junior designer or, and, and then hire maybe a, a more experienced developer um, just because, you know, you can mentor the, the young designer. But when it comes to the developer, you just, yeah, I mean, you want to know like what they're telling you. So <laughs> one you know, thing I think no that's, I was say, one thing that's um, kind of this trend these days is to uh, hire contractors a lot more than hiring full-time people, uh, which yeah. does have its advantages. Um, but I do think you lose a lot when you don't have somebody who's full-time. And if you don't have the kind of projects that are like, here's a document with exactly what we want built, uh, or we have infinite money so you can just flub around until, you know, we f you figure it out and we figure it out. Um, if you don't have those scenarios, then there's just so many subtle little things that they're never going to learn about the company. There's things you're never going to ask them to do to take off your plate because they're, you know, have a specialty or they're focused on one area. And so getting them kind of mixed up in the website isn't really going to make sense because they're working on the app or whatever. And uh, so it doesn't, it doesn't, you're not on the hook financially long-term in the same way you might be or at least feel like you are with an employee, but you also don't get a lot of the upsides of somebody who really like knows your business over years a lot of the times and, uh, and all that kind of thing. So I, I you know, I still kind of lean towards hiring full-time people um, when we can. Yeah. I, I really like it. I, I actually, um, I think hiring a full-time person is, is really, uh, it's, it's been a benefit to, um, you know, to my business and, and some of it, like having that financial, um, incentive is, is a really powerful motivator. Like I've, it's, it's more than anything. It's caused me to like, you know, hit Twitter and hit, hit, uh, you know, hit emails and, and just really when things kind of get a little slow, you know, to really, um, uh, really focus and really, focus on my job, which is bringing in business. Um, and it's really shaped my, my outlook of like, no, my, my most important job day in and day out is making sure we have clients and we have, we have work coming in and that's everything else is secondary. 
to that. And having an employee is brings that home more than anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's, for, it's for like sure. Like, that like so so yeah, and it's and yeah, it's it's kind of like, you know, you develop this especially if you have it over the close to years, like you develop this this really personal connection with someone and they buy into your business. And it's like it's it's kind of like this psychological thing where you realize you're not completely alone in doing this. <laughs> like, right. Which is nice. You have as an, you know, may not want like you, you have another inv- invested party, you know, in, in this thing. And, and that kind of um, it's scary, but it's also uh, oddly comforting as well. And especially if you trust them, especially, and I think that's the biggest thing is just trusting this other person and, and, and letting that relationship grow and, trusting yourself that you can you can hang back and let let someone else do something you know in your business um, yeah for for people who are looking to get hired by small companies like ours i always think that's you know it's a very different process than applying to a big company where they're going to filter your resume through the keyword scanner and then somebody in hr yeah. is going to look at it and then the hiring manager is going to look at it and then you know if you just go, uh, you know, it's such a huge thing is just building that trust because most of the time people are hiring based on trust more than experience or um, oh, yeah. even abilities to some degree at times. I mean, you need the people who can do the work, of course, but uh, you really need to trust them because when it's such a small company, it's not just about trust like stealing from you, but it's the trust of just like they're part of your family. They're part of this little tiny nucleus of a business. And, uh, you know, so yeah, if you can contribute to some little company's open source project, or you can, uh, build an API wrapper for their product, or you can write up a how to article or whatever, like those are things that are going to get you noticed and build some trust, uh, right away versus, um, just, you know, sending in that, that resume and all that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, you, when you hire someone, you you bring them into the office. Um, even if you're a remote team, I mean, um, you know, at some level, you there's an in-person meeting, and that's to, I mean, we're, <laughs> I mean, we haven't changed much evolutionary, evolu- evolutionary speaking. Uh, we're we're, you know, there's something core in our brains that values person-to-person contact, and you know, and. Like in order to do that, you've you've got to be face to face with them and bring them in. Um, and I think that's why a lot of these, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've seen all different kinds of schemes of like how to hire people, and you know, startups who are tackling this problem. They all seem to miss that person to person aspect and that trust aspect. And I think I think as technologists, we we lean too heavy on the skill set, and we don't realize that. Um, that skills, skills can be gained, skills can be taught. It's, you know, what we do is, can be difficult, but it's not the most difficult thing on the planet. Um, you know, if you, if you're looking to hire rock stars or ninjas every single time, then of course you're going to have hiring problems because not every, like who walks around going, I'm a rock star, I'm a ninja. Well, they're likely going to be a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and how the people work together is so, critical to actually getting stuff done like if you can't work yeah. uh with the with even if it's just one other person like then stuff isn't going to get done so 
exactly. uh, and they're not yeah. gonna have the right hey, customer even, mindset either usually so even rock stars are members of a band like they're right. <laughs> <laughs> they have they have sometimes roadies, it ends they have poorly but yeah <laughs> this week bootstrapped is sponsored by linode um if you're looking for virtual machine hosting i uh, definitely gotta check out linode they have eight data centers um all the plan, the base plan starts at two gigabytes of RAM, and it goes up from there into very large servers. Really straightforward pricing, ten bucks a month um, to start, and that's actually built hourly. So if you want to spin up a, a server just to play around with a side project and spin it back down, you're only going to pay, uh, you know, for the fraction of of time you used on that. Um, they recently switched uh, from Zen to KVM, and have seen you know three hundred percent performance increases uh, with. The servers uh, we use at Userscape um, run on Linode, and we did that conversion, and it's amazing. We were able to actually lower uh, the size of many of our servers down to just the base two gigabyte server because they're just ridiculously fast now. So that's really been awesome. It's all uh, 40 gig uh, network. It's all modern Intel processors. It's all native SSD storage, 24-7, 365 support. Uh, seven-day money-back guarantee if you don't like it, which I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, again, I've been hosted there for, I don't even know how long, five years or more um, with about 10 servers. Andre uses it as well. Uh, so definitely, definitely highly recommend Linode. Um, and uh, they've actually given us a, an offer code, bootstrapped20. So if you use that code, you'll get 20 bucks off um, when you sign up for an account in Linode. So basically, uh, you can get your first two months for free, uh, or even if you're only using it for partial months, it, it could be last you longer than that, obviously. So definitely check that out. Offer code bootstrapped20. And we'll have that in the show notes, uh, as well as a link right to that, that that applies a discount for you. So go ahead and just check it out in the show notes, click on it. Um, our big, big thanks to Linode for always being a huge supporter of the show. And uh, I really can't highly recommend them enough we use them for uh, everything at Userscape, and uh, it's been been rock solid. So thanks a lot to Linode for sponsoring the show. So what else has been going on? Um, have you, you have ideas for other apps or anything, or is this your your focus? I'm I'm focused. You know, I nice. think I I had so many different ideas when I when I started. I would just I would chase yeah. the shiny thing, you know. Right. And they were all like I I felt like they were all great ideas, but over the past like three years, I think I've really uh, matured in a bit and just sort of say, no, this is like w- developing something and developing a new thing requires just day in, day out, focus on that thing, like just showing up every day. And it, it can't happen. You know, it doesn't happen in like two or three months, six months, a year, year and a half, like you know, we've we've been doing this for three years, and I think I, we've just finally kind of gotten a, gotten like real sustained traction on it, and it just takes it takes work. Um, you know, that's for sure. That day in day out, that's the brutal part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a kind of a good thing we still have client projects too, because that kind of feeds the ooh shiny bit. Right, right. New so stuff. If we. Yeah, it'd be really interesting if we, if when we do focus on the product full time, like how is that going to change our, you know, um, you know, how we do our work? Like, are we, you know, how are we going to stay engaged? How are we going to stay, you know, 
excited. And I think there's ways to do it. It's just, um, yeah, we're just gonna have to learn as we go. Yeah, and that's the thing with SaaS apps too. It's like sometimes they just end up being like really good side money, but they never cross over into that, can replace everybody. And then other times you obviously hear these apps that were in that zone and then all of a sudden like they just, you know, they, they got mentioned in the right places or the right new customers came on board and then all of a sudden it just chugs upward. Um, yeah. And you put in those years, or even like MailChimp was like around for four years or something before it became MailChimp, you know, and it was just right. uh, a thing they ran and they had some customers and they messed with it a little bit and then it was, you know, it got rolling. So, yeah. Was it some JD said like in the last episode, he was, he was talking about like side money. He was talking about like, yes. a, uh, like, yeah, if you, I thought this was so cool. Like if you, if your little side app or your side project makes like, 400 or 500 a month or like 200 a month i think it was like, 2000 a month yeah okay <laughs> he said, he said, yeah he said to buy a porsche with it so. <laughs> yeah buy a porsche with it but i mean look at it this way like i i had like my first commercially successful product was a little add-on that converted html to pdf i wrote that three years ago and it makes um it's made consistently like two grand a year now that is extra money that can be put into like a 401k that can grow to like, you know, a pretty sizable retirement, you know? Um, you know, so, so I, I look at, at things of like, you know, don't underestimate the power of the side, like the little side, small business that, that makes a couple hundred a month or whatever. Like you can do a lot with it. Like you can have like two dozen of them. <laughs> yeah. you gotta bundle them up and like sell them as like an annuity or something <laughs> the Butov bundle yeah, the bundle what's going on with your bundle Butov is there any exciting news over there or we can break, break off of Patrick for a second here uh, I have bundles I've been building 80 hour 80 hour uh, weeks for like 3 months Yeah, literally we gotta get you an employee you no, need an employee no no thank you you need Yes, you do. No, thanks. So I got a bunch of stuff. Uh, what do I have? I, I got a new computer. And see, it's on, and you don't hear any like oh. jet engines in the background because it's a new computer. Your mic still sounds funky, but it's nice to not have a jet engine. I like that. I'm uh, I'm sick. My, my, my nose is funky. You're touching, you're touching your mic. Stop touching it. So uh, when you mention my mic, my immediate reaction is to start fiddling with it. <laughs> um. How, all right, so this is this a virtual uh, machine. Is this a VR uh, capable thingy here? Well, I, my computer's going back five years or VR capable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a it's the Digital Storm Vanquish Five Third Tier. If anybody's interested, I haven't nice. mucked around with it too much, so you look that up. Uh, it doesn't have the super duper water cooled things that you have to massage to get them to play nice, like you. But it's it's good. It's quiet. It's decent. It's got a 1070 in it. So and the the old computer will go up for VR. Um, because the the hardest part about VR is you have to drag your PC over to the VR room. <laughs> well, you have a PC in the VR room. Well, now I have a PC in the VR room. But That's it's an it's an expensive proposition. You gotta yeah. buy this headset, and then you gotta buy a PC capable of running the headset. And now, like, just to buy that to be a dedicated VR machine is. A big thing. So now this old one will be the dedicated VR machine. Do you do you use the VR thing at all? I do, but it's really it's like it has to be like 
it's not like loading up Overwatch or something and playing five minutes of it. Like it has to be like dedicated, allocated time to do the VR thing, right? Sounds horrible. Oh, it's it's what really you, it's it's good stuff. Uh, what do you play in uh, VR? Everything. I literally bought everything that it, there is for VR on Steam. <laughs> I have like a thousand dollars. There's like a space combat simulator uh, too, right? Oh, there's uh, a bunch of VR those. <clears throat> there's a bunch yeah. of those. Elite Dangerous. There's a bunch of them. Um, yeah, I like like I like things that are more like there's stuff that's a, they're games, but they're also VR, right? But then there's stuff that's like just for VR. Like there's one where they literally put a plank out on top of like the Empire State Building, and you're <laughs> supposed to walk out on it. And it's like a five minute experience, but it's like you won't be able to get that anywhere outside of VR, right? And you will not be able to walk out on that plank. I don't care if you're scared of heights, <laughs> not scared of heights. If you force yourself to think that maybe you're safe in your room, your brain will, will switch over to there immediately. You won't be able to. Like, you could see videos of this stuff online. People, like, get on their hands and knees and crawl on their carpet at home <laughs> because their brain is completely transformed into thinking that they're on top of this creaky wooden plank on top of a skyscraper. There's money to be made in this somewhere. There's some kind of human psychology angle to all this here. Yeah, but even at the most basic level, like, I mean, I literally bought every VR title available, and probably everybody who has a VR set set literally bought every VR title available. So even if you're just making entertainment products, focusing on VR, at least for the short term, is probably a smart idea. Hey, a year ago, we talked about this. I said you should be building the VR thing, because you had, like, the first VR, you know, the, the dev set and everything. But I could have built this walking out onto the uh, Skyscraper app. First of all, I know nothing about making games aside from like Ludum Dare where I make like shitty little that's, that's flash That's not a game. Things. That's like a picture viewer it's, in three dimensions. Oh, God. You literally never have strapped on one of these things, have you? Picture <laughs> no. viewer, grandpa. I never will. I never will. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a moving picture. It's a moving pictures. Know. It's the talkies. <laughs> it's the talkies. Um, I think they're in color now. <laughs> uh, what else is going on? Patrick, oh, do you listen. play video games? I haven't played video games in a long time. In fact, I actually just threw away my uh, Xbox 360 that finally gave up the ghost. It it finally bricked itself. So, but it's I fine. I can't wait until I retire because I am all on board of like uh, you know just just being a space pirate for like right. <laughs> in a, in a Oh, <laughs> by then it'll probably be you won't have to have the stupid headset in 20 years you can just like walk into your vr room yeah. and it's just a room that's got screens all over the walls or something like that uh, it's fine you're more productive if you're not playing video games <laughs> i want to play civilization 6 but i haven't bought it yet. i had I like civilization i had this period of time when i was sick or something and i didn't want to do anything so i gave up video games i think it was three weeks or something and then afterwards i had a lot of work to do so overall i didn't play games for like a month and a half and it was like the most productive month and a half ever. <laughs> but yesterday I went back because... and I, I checked how many hours I put into Overwatch. And it was like 300 hours, which is like, <laughs> if I did client work for that, that would be like 50 grand. Yeah. Well, that's because the games, they just run away. You know, you're like, oh, I'm playing. And before you know, it's six hours later. And that's it. It's two, three in the morning. Gotta be. But you can't work all the time. either. This is the problem with this job when you're small. If it's just you or it's even, it's just, even my company, or it's, you know, just a handful of people. There's just like this constant pressure to uh, to work a lot. You got to kind of fight against that as best you can. Listen, I made a note. Some people don't have that, but I have it. I made a note to bring something up for this podcast like three weeks ago. Okay. Everybody, everybody should sign up for those uh, FE International emails. 
You know that? I just did that. You know that? I just did that. You know the for those of you who don't know the FE International, these broker guys who buy and sell websites that are but a little more uh white glove servicey than like Flippa or whatever. They're like an actual Yeah, company. I'd say it's a little more real yeah, than it's, that. It's like J D uses them, right? Kenzie uses Yeah. But the most interesting part of it, even if you're not planning on buying or selling, you get these digest emails about what businesses they have for sale. Uh, they don't have like URLs or anything like that, but they describe like gross revenue and the stats in the business. And like one came in the other day that I had to make a note for it to bring up in the show because it was like, who runs companies? I guess survival gear. So you sell survival. <laughs> so I'm assuming it's like knives and tents and shit like that. I don't know. Whatever. Sure. All right. Um, 34,000 a month gross, annual gross, 408,000 something, right? Five employees, 117,000 net. Full team in place, customer service, content manager, graphic designer, and general assistant. Why do you need five employees and a 400,000 gross annual so you wind up making 100 grand net? Why can't you get rid of one of those people and make double your net annual? Why do you need a graphic designer? <laughs> I just I don't know you don't know see you don't you gotta go you gotta go to the next level and contact them because you don't really know they don't give you enough to know about the business like maybe every single new knife gets a whole big like design <laughs> spread and the email with that's design it's like a whole thing and if you don't have that then you know you would only have uh, 200 grand in revenue or whatever I'm but, just looking at the, the you, only thing you, you get is numbers it. yeah lately they've been doing these ones that are like Amazon affiliates, so it's they'll yeah. be the other way. It'll be Those like one hundred fifty thousand in revenue, two thousand in expenses, and it's just all profit because it's just basically like a drop shipper. With, yeah, but that's all just that's, that's all it. just like SEO and content. Like, I guess I don't even know. I don't understand anything about the Amazon scheme. Like this is whole thing we build these businesses inside Amazon. That's the only place they exist, and you drop ship stuff. I, I don't get how you like get ahead in that, but I guess people have figured yeah. it out. This person could have a Tim Ferriss thing going on where he's he or she are only working like four hours a week yeah, and, they've, and they've hired out the rest of the people to do most of the work. So yeah, that's pretty they're awesome. Making, if they're netting maybe after taxes seventy five a year, and you know, I I, I could little I would with my personality I would literally get rid of every single person listed on this full team. No customer service, no content manager, no graphics designer, no general assistant. I get rid of all of those people, and I'll be fine. But see, look at that's the that's exactly what you should do, right? Like you should go look at this business, and if all these people are actually superfluous, I, I know then Jack Sherlock. Like is no buying it for one or two years of profits. That's like a no brainer because you're going to get all your money back in the first year, or maybe a year and a half, if you're actually able to run it without any people. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Nobody knows anything about anything. You you could marathon doomsday preppers and you yeah. know in a week. Listen, previous for the last you know eight years, it's been uh you know the the right wing that's been all about the doomsday. Now that's you're gonna right. have all now, now the doomsday preppers are people with a lot of money living in Brooklyn. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and never thought about these are not people who live the lifestyle of the, where they already have knives. These are people. Yes, your your new market is Brooklynites who live in a condo that costs $4,000 a month. And listen, for 300 bucks, 300 bucks, you're going to sell them a knife and some food that lasts forever and some stuff like that. And there you go. The it'll hipster survived. It'll have right. to be organic, non-GMO food. Right. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Farm, farm yeah, to too. bunker. 
That's the episode title. Farm that's to the episode title. Farm <laughs> to Bunker. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, man. Okay. That, we, I don't even think we could top that. That's just like fantastic. Farm so, to Bunker. You have to buy this thing. Now, now I want to hear on the next episode how you acquired no, this, I, I this company. Buy anything. I don't want to buy anything. No, you already have the marketing. That's the hardest part. <laughs> You buy it. Somebody, JD should I'm like, buy it. I'm like 12 years in. I don't know. Our marketing, I still like struggle with our marketing constantly. I can't ever come up with like just that really tight phrase. Farm to bunker, that's it. You've got it. <laughs> you could have it for health spot. <laughs> that's it for health spot. Oh my goodness. All right. So Patrick, where, uh, where can people find you and learn about all the stuff you got going on? Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Pat Polar, P-O-H-L-E-R. Um, the, you can also go to Rhett's rabbit, R E T S, uh, rabbit.com. And, um, you know, then there's awesome, uh, if you're interested in the real estate stuff, go to Rhett's rabbit. Uh, if you're interested just in my general consultancy business, um, Aneka, A N E, uh, C K A.com. Awesome. All well, right. thanks for coming on. Um, uh, thanks everybody for listening. We're going to be doing more guests this season of Bootstrap, so this will be this will be fun. Um, anyway, thanks for joining us. Have a good one. Thanks, Pat. Right. Thanks. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye.